0: I want to uh, share with you today from a second part of the message I shared last week, I must know him, and so my subject is that I may know him. I must know him that I may know him. So um, knowing Jesus is the single most important assignment we have from God. Knowing Jesus is the single most important assignment we have from God, and Knowing Jesus is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. That means that when you, if you should blow it in this life, you have no other opportunity. It's your only time to fulfill the single most important assignment you have from God. Amen. I'm very serious about it, and... I take it so seriously that I want to share it with you every time I see you. A number of years ago when I was very young in the ministry, actually there were three uh, preachers here at this church. There was, uh, it was me and there was uh, Brother Stan and Brother George. And, and Brother George once said, God, when, he, when God calls a person, he gives them one message. I thought that was different because I had a lot of messages said, something's wrong with George. I had a lot of messages, but I had a lot of messages about one message. Yes, and so that's what God is doing today. And the more I try to get away from some of those things, the more I'm drawn back to it. Let me read from John chapter 16. I'll, I'll read v- verses 5 through 15 if possible. Jesus says, but now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Jesus says things like this often in the Gospels. He says, nevertheless, even though sorrow has filled your heart, even though you don't understand, even though you want something different than what I've told you, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Looking at this on the surface, I would have said to Jesus, that can't be. Because you are God's everything. But he said, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, listen, I will send him to you. Jesus is saying that their work was a different work. Same spirit, a different work. And when he has come, the spirit of truth, the the helper, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He will convict. He will bring conviction to people of sin, righteousness, and of judgment. Jesus goes on to explain. He says, of sin because they do not believe in me. He will convict them of sin. They do not believe in me. And the world right now does not believe in Jesus. When I, actually, when we mention the name Jesus, they want to go to another subject very quickly. He said, of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more. I'm going to the Father, and you will not see me. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The ruler of this world is judged. He is judged. He is exposed. He is totally exposed. How is he exposed? He he is exposed through the church. Those who believe in Jesus, those who have walked out and are walking out the truth of God, rather than being entangled with the affairs of this life, he is now being exposed as the devil he is. Jesus tells us without his departing, which included his death, his burial, and resurrection, without his departing, and not only death, burial, and resurrection, but also the ascension, that those had to be accomplished. He says there would be no gospel without Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. ascension. There would be no gospel. an atonement for sin was necessary that Je- for Jesus to save his people from their sins. Also, unless Jesus departed, there would, have, would not have been a glorified Lord because his mission would have been incomplete. So he had to ascend to, the, to heaven. He had to be seated at the right hand of, of the Father. Then, because of his success, he now sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he would send the Holy Spirit the counselor and the paracletos the scripture says and so what the Holy Spirit has done he has now come to live in to inhabit all believers he has he is the one who as it were who pleads our case for us the counselor the promised spirit is in the world and he is in the world through us since the day of Pentecost one of the Spirit's new ministries was to convict the world of guilt in regard to sin, of righteousness and judgment. Conviction is not the same as we we might think. It's not the same as conversion. It's not conversion, but it is a conviction um, to sin and of righteousness and of judgment. The, The word convict, convict of guilt, means that what the Lord has done is he has caused people in the world to say, wow, yeah, that, that was wrong. Um, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. But they don't say, I'm a sinner. They don't say, I've sinned against God. Sin is rebellion against God. It is rebellion that reached a climax in the crucifixion of Jesus. It shows you just how bad men are, that it reached the climax in the crucifixion of Jesus. Men, wicked men, with a religious pretext, crucified the Son of God. That shows you where we are. As I said, men will admit their failures, but not their sin. And God wants us to stop suppressing the truth of God in unrighteousness. In crucifying Jesus, the Jewish people showed that They thought or felt like he was an unrighteous God. That shows you how depraved men are without God. They were so depraved that they thought he is the worst of sinners. Here's a man who said nothing wrong, who who did nothing bad, who healed the sick, who raised the dead. And they said, he's a dirty, rotten sinner. You and I don't want to throw our lot in with men like that. So they, they, they thought he was unrighteous, the, uh, that only a wicked person should be hung on a tree and be under God's c- curse. But I'm so grateful that that early, early that Sunday morning or or after, after 6 o'clock, sometimes Saturday, the Sunday morning, Jesus rose from the grave, and that was his vindication. But that was not the end of his vindication. It, it, Jesus Christ rose from the grave, vindicated as the Son of God, because only the, a righteous man could be raised from, from the dead. He, re, he rose from the dead, and then he ascended to the throne of God, set at the right hand of the Father, further vindication. Sending the Holy Spirit, further vindication. And he is going to come back one day, with, and that's going to be the great vindication. But he's going to come back and rule. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so the, the, another area of the Holy Spirit's convicting work uh, concerns judgment. And so the death and resurrection of Jesus were a condemnation of the devil, of Satan, the prince of this world. So by, by that death, Jesus defeated the devil who, ha- who held the power of death. Jesus defeated the devil. That's so amazing. So through the cross, the devil is defeated, not will be defeated. He is still active, yeah, but he is on death row. I've often talked about the devil being on death row. See, death is also on death row. And the devil is on death row. But God wants you to know that you are not there, that he has no sway over you, no sway over you. Now, these are some things that that Jesus wants us to understand from those scriptures I just read. In verse 12, he says, I still have many things to say to you. I, I thought this was kind of strange in a way. He says, but you cannot bear them now. I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. I wonder how many of us that Jesus wants to say more things to us, give us more understanding of who he is, and thus giving us a greater understanding of who we are in him, but we can't bear them now. I want to be like Jesus. I, I must be like Jesus. I can be like Jesus, but can I bear what I must go through to be like Jesus? Jesus. Does Jesus have to kind of pamper me a little bit more? I say sometimes, God, I'm 73 years old. It's taken you a long time to bring me this far. It's because we're so delicate. It's because we sometimes make alliances with things we should not make alliances with. And we make alliances for things we should not make alliances for allowances and alliances we make allowances for what we should not make allowances for and we make alliances with that for which we should not make alliance i still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now however now notice jesus says however however when he the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth he will guide you into all truth I ask myself these tough questions because I know that God will give me tough answers. I ask God, am I allowing you to, to guide me? Am I allowing you to lead me? Or am I so concerned with myself that my growth is retarded? If my growth in God is retarded. It's slower than it should be because I have other things on my mind. I have many things to say. You can't bear them, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all truth. For, now because, of for, he will not speak on his own authority. The Holy Spirit will not just make up something. He will not speak on his own authority. You and I have no business speaking on our own authority but only what the Holy Spirit reveals. Only what the Holy Spirit reveals. I believe this particular time in which we are living is so critical, so important, that I dare not come to this podium to speak without much prayer and fasting. It's not what I have in here, it's what I have in here. What I have in here will come out here. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you can always tell what's in your heart because your mouth is going to tell it. (laughs) Hallelujah, somebody. He will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. Whatever he hears, he will speak. Now, I, I, I know we pray and we get excited and... I'm no different than you. I've gotten excited and I've, I've prayed ab- about things. But one thing I've learned a long time ago is that I don't tell the Holy Spirit what to do. I don't instruct the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, go do blah, blah. I think that's hokey. But I don't do that. I don't do that because this is the Holy Spirit's job. It's whatever the Father and the Son wills, that's what He says. That's what he does. He doesn't follow orders from us. He doesn't speak on his own authority. He doesn't even speak whatever, as it were, if were it possible, he doesn't speak what would come to his mind. Or he saw a need over here. No, if it were possible. No, he would not do that. But he is God. He is God. And he speaks only what God tells him. And that's what's good for you. That's what's good for me. Jesus says, and he will tell you things to come. Do you know things to come? Do you know from the Holy Spirit things that come? Or are you only in the moment controlled by situations and circumstances? Are you a child of God, a person, a vessel of God, whom the Holy Spirit can give you revelation and does give you revelation? Wow. That's who we are. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We are to reveal God every day to worldly people. That's what we're to do. That's the Holy Spirit's job in the world. Wow. Wow. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. He will glorify me when I was... I was in a particular place and I was preaching Christ 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 Jesus. It was if I may say so, I thought it was very revelatory, very revelatory, and I was preaching in this particular case in a Pentecostal setting, and I can say that because I come from those roots and so I can talk about them, you know. They always say I can talk about them because I'm one of them, you know. So, uh, I came from this Pentecostal roots and so the, the this big this big uh, Pentecostal the bishop got up and he was trying to negate what I had said about Jesus because one, re- uh, he sort of said, no, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, we're, we're Holy Ghost people, Holy Ghost. I'm thinking, what? Do you seem to, you seem to think that there's jealousy in the Godhead. The Father's jealous of the Son or, and, and if the Son gets too much glory, the Holy Spirit's out there pouting. No, those are human traits and characteristics. It doesn't come from God. Listen. God has done something tremendous for us. He says He will glorify me, and so the Holy Spirit's job in the world is to always glorify Jesus. He always wants to emphasize Jesus because Jesus has been underemphasized by the man, and we Christians sometimes are a little threatened, and we don't emphasize Him enough. We all tell it privately, yeah, but do we publicly? Hallelujah, somebody. This is an age that needs the church to come alive. This is an age that everything is coming out of the closet but the church. Everything. Painful things. Now, let me just say this. This wasn't my message. I'm going to say it. I'm going to move on. Even if you have somebody in your family that is not living right, you don't live wrong because they don't live right. You know, while they're alive, there's hope. He's the God of hope. You don't have to go to the other side to prove that you're okay. You're proving you're not okay. Are you still with me? Hallelujah, somebody. He will glorify me, Jesus says, And then he goes on to say, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things belong to Jesus. They were made for him. They were made through him. Oh, wow. So he will take of mine. Take all that the father has belongs to the son. He says all things that God has, all things that God owns, they're the sons. And Jesus says, I'm going to share them with you. So he says, fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You see, in the kingdom... The kingdom has amazing dynamics. You can give everything away, yet possess it all. I, I was talking to Pastor Jackson, and uh, he said something just messed me up. He told me, and I, I hope I don't get it me- messed up, but he said there were different sets of infinity. That was one of you ever know this, this, show, this uh, movie or TV show that was called, I think it was called Good Times. That little boy named Willis, little Little, kind of fat little boy. Uh, no, the Willis was the big brother, and the what was the little boy? Arnold. Arnold. I didn't. I didn't know. <laughs> but he would go. What you talking about, Willis? And so when, when Pastor Jackson was talking about there were different sets of infinitive, and he was explaining, I said, "You you mean? Tell me you can have infinity like this." And it's, it's from one, it's, it's never an end, and then you can have one like this and another like that. I say, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> I'm saying this is just an example of how great our God is, and He is inviting us into that greatness. I want to know Him. I must be like Jesus. Come on, I must be like Jesus. I must know Him. I must know Jesus. Hallelujah. He will take what is mine and declare to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and declare to you. Knowing Jesus and his work in Philippians, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, uh, he says, he shows us uh, something so beautiful. He says, that I may know him, Paul says, that I may know him. Paul, this, uh, the aged apostle says, that I may know him. And he called himself Paul the aged, and he wasn't as old as I am. Had a lot of miles on him. Been beaten a lot. Some of the the church didn't want him to be their apostle because he wasn't good looking. Been beat so much. You know, what was then is now. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. This is for you. This is not just some nice sermon you hear. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That is, I wanted to have, in my experience, the power to overcome resistance. Whatever the enemy is bringing against me, I want to have the power to overcome his resistance. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection that overcome resistance. Resurrection overcame the, the greatest resistance ever, ever in the history of mankind. It overcame resistance. The resistance of death in the grave and the fellowship of his suffering. I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. What? You want to know what? The fellowship of his suffering. I want to suffer with him. For if I suffer with him, I will reign with him. Now, this is what God is saying. So, right today, you and I are living in a time when we practice suf- suffering evasion, oh, yeah. suffering avoidance. But he says, Paul says, No, I'm not going to avoid it. I want to know the fellowship. I want to share in his sufferings. And you and I now have great opportunity to share in the sufferings of the Lord because the days are evil. Don't practice suffering avoidance, beloved. Don't practice suffering avoidance. Being conformed to his death. What? Paul wanted to live a life of death. Can you imagine? Dying every day. This is amazing about a living sacrifice. You live to die tomorrow. Do you want to know Him? See, we always like the nice little things. Oh, I want to know Him and wave my hand and sing those nice little songs. You know that joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, you know. Oh, if you want joy, you must laugh for you. <laughs> It, uh, no, it, it's real stuff. It's real, it hurts. It's real stuff. And this is what Paul wanted to know. And this is what is available to you. He says, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul wanted to be aware of, he wanted to perceive, understand, and know Jesus without wavering. Is that you? Let me talk about the position of the believer in Christ, Hebrews twelve eighteen. In Hebrews twelve eighteen. Uh, the writer of Hebrews says, for you have come to the mountain that may be, for you have not come, I'm sorry, for you have not come to the mountain that may be touched like Mount Sinai and that burn with fire into blackness and darkness and tempest. You've not come to that. Now that's scary enough, but you have not come. And the voice and the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words, so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. They begged, the Israelites were begging. We don't want to hear God's voice. You hear him, we'll talk to you. You have not come to such a scene. For they could not endure what was commanded. They could not. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an air. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I'm exceedingly afraid and trembling. It says, so terrifying. He says, You haven't come to that. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. You have what? You have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all. You've come to the spirits of just men made perfect. You've come to Jesus, mediator of the new covenant, And you have come to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. You have come to God himself. If you just take these and lay them side by side, Paul says that old covenant had glory. But when you look at this glory, he said it's as though that had no glory at all. I remember seeing in living color, Charlton Heston playing Moses. Boy, was that amazing. Wow. He says, that's nothing compared to what you have received. And this is the God that he wants you to know. But you can't get entangled with everything concerning this life and know him. Let me say this again. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to an innumerable company of angels that cannot be counted. Don't forfeit this. Don't forfeit the reward of internalizing and walking in this. You have come to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. We've got brothers and sisters who walk the earth like like you are. Right now, they're in heaven waiting on us. That's who you have come. That's what you've come. It's not about these local lots and plots. Don't be deceived. You've come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men. Made perfect to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, which is an everlasting covenant, to the blood of sprinkling. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. Don't be carried about with various and strange doc- doctrines. Being a believer means that you believe God, not things contrary to Him. Do you believe God? the writer of Hebrews says, we have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. He was speaking to those Jewish brothers who wanted to go back into Judaism. He says, for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary for the high priest, by the high priest for sin, are burned outside the camp. Their carcasses were burned outside the camp. They took that blood and they, they went into the Holy of Holies and sprinkled it, but the bodies they burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. So they, they were fulfilling scripture. They didn't know it. They, they took Jesus and they said, he is not worthy to die here. He, we, he's going to die outside the gate. And what Paul says, or the writer here says, that his blood has sanctified us. Jesus, they said, he's a criminal. And they'll say things like that about you. He says, now, this is what he said. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. And this is what the writer says. He says, if you really want to want Jesus, you're going to have to go outside the camp. You're going to have to go outside the camp. He says, you're going to have to go out there and suffer indignities and maltreatment and, and ostrac- ostracism where you are pushed out You're not welcome, or you're not the life of the party. Where you are misunderstood, this is our challenge today. This this will be required of you if you're to go on with God. In the Scriptures, many defected. Don't you defect. Don't you defect. Don't you go the other way. God bless you.